Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me and Nick on most platforms at HyperClean Store. Best way to get in touch, though, go to the Facebook group HyperClean Specialists or shoot us a text direct 918-800-1188. And this is the Community Pub. And we've got quite a few already hopping in. It's great to see everybody again. Lucas, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a uh, Bell's Official Hazy IPA. And uh, Bell's is a I, brand that we started to enjoy. I am diving into a ice cold Corona. Ooh. A little lime on there? No lime. Did you find your beach, though? Right here. Yeah, there you go. There you I'm go. just, I'm kind of mad you're not in a swimsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now as you say that, let me take off my hoodie. Hold on. Uh, are, are you a Corona guy? Like, do you randomly just get them, or do you sometimes? For me, Corona a lot of times is, I mean, definitely that find your beach is a great marketing slogan. I, I any kind of warm weather or any time of hot time, it's just nothing like a good ice cold Corona. Yeah, I like I like the Mexican beers as a whole. Modelo Coronas, they're both I enjoy them quite a bit. Do you ever drink? Do you ever drink Soul? Mm, I might have SOL? once or twice. I feel like I did not too long ago. I feel like a client gave me something he didn't like, and I wasn't too impressed with him either. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of Soul Pacifico. I probably only stick to the Coronas and the Modelos, my guy. Oh, okay, <laughs> start branching out into some of that other Mexican lager. You'll find. Uh, All right, I will. I will. Let's just. I, I think it's interesting too. Some of the uh, micro craft breweries have begun a couple, at least here. I don't know about there have created their own Mexican style lagers. Yeah. We actually got a brewery right here in Wyoming called two guys brewing that makes their own house. They call it two guys, Mexican beer, I believe. And it's, it's actually one of my favorites, just beers. It's really good. That's I don't, I don't politically correct. Yeah. <laughs> That's very politically correct right there. Way to go. Have you had it? Yeah, yeah, it's delicious. It's awesome. Nice. Dustin, I see you're sipping on something. What have you been sipping on tonight? Favorite beer, man, Blue Moon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't drink it out of the bottle, though, so I got to pour it in a glass because something about it just tastes absolutely terrible out of the bottle. So get it out of there, get it into a mason jar, taste a little bit better, but – uh nothing beats it on the draft so so curious dustin from you i know your shop's rolling you're you're picking up getting ready for the the spring and as we go into busy season uh curious what do you like to do when you relax uh i know uh arnold is a big gamer and uh he's has fun playing games so i was gonna hop over to him real quick and, and check in but I, I was curious are, are you what do you do to relax? Are you a, are you a gamer? Or is it go get on my bike and I'm going to go out and still ride around? Nah, man, I, I've got an Xbox, but I haven't touched that thing in probably four months. I, I just don't have the time to. 
but when I, when I do get a day off, I either like to go to the track, uh, go ride track 93 or one of the local motocross tracks. It's, you know, within a couple hour drive, either that or summertime when it's 90 degrees, man, I'm on the lake. <laughs> That's it. Cold bush light in my hand and uh, we're on the water. That's it. So Saturday, Sundays, try to be there. Um, yeah. Other than that, that's, that's all I do, man. Like I said, I, I love playing some call of duty, but I haven't been able to touch the Xbox in months. And when I do, I can't get away from it. I'll sit there and play for like hours and I'm like, Oh crap, it's two o'clock in the morning. So yeah, I don't touch it. <laughs> that's the way I, I I'm, I'm the same way. I used to play for hours and hours on, on end. I now only get to play maybe, you know, like, let's see tuesday night that was last night i i hadn't played yet the new uh the new map and everything they did on Fortnite, where they they now you can't build and they changed up a lot of stuff and and it's interesting and, and had a lot of fun playing now that you you don't build it is more there there seem to be copying more and more of that call of duty style my last time to play cod though was yeah it, it was what modern warfare one or two i don't remember i think two and then one and then it went back to black ops or something that was when i i mean cod just got too much for me there is truth into it the older you get it seems like many of your hobbies continue to fall away and you narrow in on exactly like okay have i got two hours today because sometimes that's all i'll get maybe in a week of two hours of recreation time like, okay, what am I going to do for two hours of recreation time? I don't know if I can play Fortnite the whole two hours. There's so many other things I want to do. Arnold, what, uh, what's your game of choice? What do you like to play? Uh, the wife and I actually play Mario Party every night. Every night? Yeah, it's kind of like a hobby. Like, we like to just fight over it, and we get real competitive about it. That's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, no, because if you hear the words she says at me when she's losing, you know, she's cutthroat. I can't be cutthroat. <laughs> now, Mario Party, uh, help me, is that Mario Kart, but just uh, with a bunch more? No, Mario Kart's a lot of fun, too, but we have that. But Mario Party's more like a board game type thing where, you know, it's more of a chance game. Okay. Yeah, I haven't looked into it. I... I thought it was it was a lot like Mario Kart, which golly, back in the day, that's you you play Mario Kart nonstop, and you could just <laughs> play that one for hours and hours and hours. You didn't even know, but it was the same time when uh, if any of you guys remember Goldeneye, I don't know if any of you all are old enough to remember Goldeneye. Uh, you could <laughs> you could play Goldeneye and then switch over to Mario Kart, and that's that's all you could basically blow off a whole Saturday pretty quick. <laughs> uh, all right, so. Uh, the, the point of the conversation with the games was because you needed to blow off a little bit of steam. I think Dustin will find this funny. Uh, <laughs> walk us through your uh, need to blow off steam. So Friday we did a 2005 Lexus RX 350. Now, Marty saw the before pictures. It looked like Ray Charles used a steel wool brush on this thing and just went to town. The package that was selected did not include paint corrections, but yet I still, I'd say, what do you think, Marty? About 60 to 70% I got out of it without even trying? Yeah, it looked great. Say about that. The woman gave us a two-star review saying, I thought they would have buffed out the scratches. 
And that just topped it off, though, because then Monday was just a shit show. Because the first car of the day, the guy changes everything. And I'm like, oh, should I say no? Because I know it's going to screw up the whole day because I got four to go. And I know I'm not going to have time. What do I do? Oh, yeah, sure. We'll do it. Well, then he comes back. But my other detailer, he puts the engine in for less than 250 for a full detail on my F-150. I'm like, really? Maybe you should have gone there then. Maybe. Dustin's had a few of those, I think, right? It, it, wasn't that something you brought up maybe a month or so ago? You had a customer randomly complain? Uh, so the only one that I've had, we did this, uh, my least favorite vehicle to do, and that's a Chevy Traverse. And so she was a referral, and the people that referred her, very nice people, lady comes, she has these, like, stupid-ass Tinkerbell seat covers on the fucking car. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so <laughs> it comes in, and I point out a couple things to her in her back seat. I said, hey, you got a couple spots here and there. Um, you know, I don't really think they're worth, you know, charging you for an extraction service. So we'll just spot clean them if they don't bother you. And, you know, that way that saves you some money. And, you know, as stated, we don't touch personal items. That's fucking seat covers included because you know what happens? The straps break, you name it, stuff like that. So she comes and picks a car up later that day. She's thrilled, all that good stuff. Send it out the door. My phone rings the next morning. Um, and like I said, I, I stated to her, hey, we don't touch seat covers, but, you know, we'll clean around them and whatnot. So she calls back the next day and she's like freaking out. And I'm thinking like, okay, uh, my detailer missed, you know, didn't sweep like an area or, you know, missed something, whatever. Cause I just told him lift up the seat cover vacuum underneath of it, put it back down. We don't mess with personal items. If she doesn't want to take it off, that's not our problem. And so she, I said, I calmed her down, told her to come back and she comes clear back. Lady drives like 30 minutes to get to my shop and she lifts up the seat cover and it's like this like little white spot, maybe the size of a penny, that is like an imperfection in the cloth. It's not a stain. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And I'm like, well, ma'am, we don't touch your, you know, as stated, we don't touch your seat covers. And you opted out of an extraction service anyways. <laughs> so I, spot, I, th I looked at her and I said, I thought you meant he missed a bunch of crumbs. <laughs> and a little piece of foam fell off that shitty seat cover when she lifted it up and she's like yeah see there's a crumb right there but that stain and i explained to her that's part of your seat cover um and that stain is an imperfection in the cloth <laughs> so uh I, yeah it's that time of the year man you're gonna have unhappy customers oh yeah you're always going to we had one guy that took all the protective stuff. He took everything off his rims down to bare aluminum and they're all pitted. And he's like, well, you're supposed to polish those. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> it's that time of the year, man. I, I def, I don't, it's rare that I've run into unhappy customers, but I definitely feel like this time of the year brings them out of the woodwork. So uh, yeah, we try to avoid them at all costs. So I uh, uh, wish you the best there. Oh yeah. Well, since Monday, it's been better. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's there's a new guy here into the pub that uh, I know has never gotten a customer complaint. Is always uh, customer service savvy and never has had any issues. 
Welcome, Dave. Thanks for hopping in uh, to the pub. I, I see you guys are making a roadie out of it. Introduce your buddy there with you. But you're on. Yeah, you're on mute, though. Hold on. You got on mute. Mute. There we go. How's that? <laughs> there you go, Dave. Nice to meet you, brother. Much better. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to meet you guys. This Dave is my is son, Portland. Hey, Pleasure to meet Portland. you. Uh, so, these guys are a new distributor uh, in Colorado. So, Dave, yep. thanks. West, Western Slope part of Colorado, up in the northwest corner. Yeah. Beautiful. Any uh, any interesting customer issues with anybody up there? Always. <laughs> always we we have we have ranch trucks and hunting vehicles that expect it to look like a show shine when we're done and rats and then you get everything out rats and rats oh in yeah the car? yep rats in the hunting vehicles we had <laughs> we had one uh yukon that they use as an outfitting um truck and oh, no. they had an elk in it and they had pulled the elk out, brought it to us and said, we need everything taken out. And the blood in the back of that Yukon was absolutely absurd. Yeah, once we got it done, they were, they were happy, but you can't get that smell. You just cannot get that dead elk smell out of a vehicle. Yeah. How, how do you approach, uh, I've never heard of cleaning a car full of elk. So uh, interesting, uh, how, how do you go about that? Well, a lot of steam. And a lot of water. <laughs> a lot of disinfectant. A lot well. of disinfectant, yeah. Yep. Uh, you have to do anything with your equipment, like throw it all oh, away? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I threw two shop vacs that day just because we had known that it was too far gone and we weren't about to clean the hoses. So the shop vacs went out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it's this time of year that everybody wants their stuff cleaned and we're in mud season up here and oh yeah. Yep. We get it all the time. Uh, my, my therapist as I go to for stretching and cryotherapy and stuff, he just got back from your neck of the woods, took his uh, daughter and girlfriend skiing for the first time, borrowed my snowboard and a couple of things and got out on the board and just got back uh, the other day. He said, everything there's, he was surprised at how hot it was. was it, he said there's a lot of slush on the mountains. Is it heating up pretty well over there? It is now. Yeah, Steamboat, um, they're warming up really quick. Yeah, it's getting pretty slushy up there. Now, do you, do you instead of playing video games, do you just hop out on a board and just go riding every weekend? Is that, are you a, is, it, nope, is, that, I, is that you guys or what do you guys do? No, we don't, we don't ski. We, uh, we do side-by-sides. We're summertime. We are summertime people. <laughs> okay, walk me through that. All the Polaris side-by-sides. We run just... razors, and that's our summertime fun. We start in about middle of April. We head west, closer to the Utah border, and go out to Sandwash and start there. And then the warmer it gets, the higher we go up in elevation. And what, just cruise razor. around? Yep. yep. Yeah, we have over um, south of us is Meeker, Colorado. And they have 220 miles of off-road trails and up in the mountains and out west here in Sandwash, we have one of the biggest wild horse herds that a lot of people go out and check out the wild horse and the herds of all of them. And yeah, there's miles and miles of riding um, four-wheelers and side-by-sides and that's big around here. 
Do you uh, do you go into any of the old mines? Is that a thing? No, not really. There's not too many old mines up in here. They've all uh, sealed them up pretty tight, you know. And then the other mines that are here are all the coal mines, and they're all open pit, and they're still up and running as of right now. It, I heard there's a couple trails and stuff you can go like uh, take through that take you from old old cities and old mines that go to other mines. That, that's why I asked. I just I heard there were yeah. some places that you could go. Absolutely. Yep. That's south of Grand Junction and Montrose and Delta down in the um, what is it Black Canyon? Yeah, Black Canyon area. Black Canyon area. Yeah, that you can do that stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of ghost a lot of ghost uh, towns up in that part of the country. All right. So you guys beer drinkers? Um, I used to be, but no, I'm, I'm on the old water. All right. All right. I'm sitting in a car, so I didn't bring mine today. <laughs> Completely understand. That's probably a good move right there. That's probably a good move. If you weren't be sitting in your car, what would you be sipping on? Twisted tea, 100%. <laughs> hmm, that's so yeah, I, I'm in for the. <laughs> I love me some twisted tea too. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, no worries, man. No, don't worry. What, what, what do you love about it? The fact it don't choke me out with the beer flavor. I'm kind of a wimp when it comes to beer flavor. <laughs> I get roasted for it regularly. <laughs> All good, man. The, the the way seltzers and the way different drinks have uh, kind of taken over. I don't think you got to apologize for much. Uh, twisted tea for me. It was always my Las Vegas drink. I, and it was something to do with, I, I would just, you could always go around with Vegas and all the different casinos and go to those little, uh, you know, they usually, most of them have a little, I don't know, was, you, you might want to call it like a convenience store where you can go in and buy little stuff. And they usually always have your convenience store style beers and usually always contain twisted tea. One time I, very early when I first started going up for SEMA and those type of trips, I just grabbed one and said, what the hell? Let's try it. I started walking down the, uh, 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 you know, the main walkway. We go through all the different casinos and I just suddenly just started finding myself grabbing more twisted teas. And as I walked down and that just became my drink. A lot of times when I go to Vegas, I grab twisted tea for it. Just, it, it stuck. <laughs> That's perfect. Makes a good time better. <laughs> Definitely. Another guy who likes Twisted Teas, Brandon Timms. Definitely. Brandon's a big Twisted Tea fan. Oh, man, I'm from the South. We know what's up with tea. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't Twisted. It's a sweet tea. Yeah, unless you put some uh, some crown or something in it. There you go. That's what I was going to say. Have you ever done sweet tea and whiskey? Yeah, we got a, that peach whiskey from uh, Old Smokey. I put put that in the tea makes it real good yeah Nothing anytime you can find a uh peach whiskey or anything like that is definitely amazing you can also just get regular whiskey if you want to get a peach tea and then you can mix the two like uh what's that real sweet one that comes in that bottle ah oh, god i can't remember it's a really good peach tea i, I don't know i forget it but mixing the two of those together i i've always found was amazing or the peach whiskey like you said isn't it over there? And this is what's interesting. I think uh, uh, cooking with Nick, we'll check in to see what you're cooking here in a second. But uh, isn't that a thing? I know uh, through the South, not too many people mix their whiskey with Coke, where rest of the country does whiskeys and Coke. 
it's usually whiskey and tea, correct? I don't really see any significant number of people do that over whiskey and Coke. Honestly, like where at least in my town and the people, I know more people that mix whiskey and Coke than, than whiskey and tea. If you're going to do tea, usually it's like vodka for me, but like, I, I honestly don't know anybody that, that mixes, um, I guess I'm just not cultured enough, but I guess, yeah, I just, I just don't know that many people that, that mix whiskey and, and tea. Yeah, I, I when I've gone to distilleries in different places in the South, they've said, make sure you get it with tea. And it kind of blew my mind. And I, I've known customers that have gone different places and they couldn't believe that people would mix it with Coke and it was in the South. So it's just, I'm just going off of uh, stuff I've heard or from different people. So, you know, it's always different, whoever you talk to. Brandon, what about you in South Carolina? Is it a, is it always tea or do you, is it always Coke? Which is the, the big side for you? I usually just go straight whiskey, but, um, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I'll do both, but most of the time is most people do Coke around it. Really? Nice. Unless you're, uh, I mean, if you're at the bar, you can do Coke. If you're at home, you might do tea. So it just depends on where you're at. Listen, I, I only drink twisted tea when I'm in Vegas every other time. It's, it's Coke for me, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, all right, Dave. Curious from you guys, what's your outlook going into spring and summer? You know, what, uh, what's your vibe? What are you guys thinking? It's looking busy up here. Um, the busiest time for us is between March and the end of May. June is always slow for us, but spring is looking really good so far. We have uh, on the books, we have one Maserati Levante that we're going to be doing here in the next two weeks, um, and a coating on it. So we're going to be doing the trace on it. And then we have two Hellcats that we're going to get to do a local guy here. That's big into the, the Dodge and we're going to do, he has a lime green and a yellow Hellcat. So we're going to be doing those with uh, the dose. Um, but it's also the 19 Corvette. Oh yes. Uh, and uh, yep. The, the grand sport grand huh? sport 19. Yep that we're going to be doing all black. He calls it uh, Vader. Vader. We're going to be coding that as well. So it's looking really good right, as of right now. You know, you know how that, that goes for what well, they say we want it. And then it gets closer and then we get, get prepared for them. So we're, we're excited. Most of your business is what? Interior detailing for the most part around this section of the area. I do mobile detailing. So um, the most popular part right now is cleaning interiors, but the closer we get to spring and the warmer it gets, the more I'll be getting into the paint correction, the paint buffing and the things like that around here. But once it's cold and snowing, a lot of people in this area just more care about the inside of their vehicle being cleaned up until it's warmed up and dried up a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a common through a lot of part of the industry. It's, it's always, I've been fascinated here in Oklahoma it's difficult in the winter, but it doesn't actually close down, right? But there's many places throughout the country that, listen, you, it just closes, right? I mean, you, you just can't wash a car on the outside. Yeah, yep. I mean, you guys, like I, it, the Northeast, like it, I can't imagine, right? So you, you've always been doing interiors. It's just, it's just the way you guys operate during the winter? Yep, throughout the winter, that's our most common um, 
get the washing and things like that it just doesn't get done with the negative 30 so just basically interior cleaning <laughs> the closer we get to spring the more we get those coating clients lined up and more paint correction clients and more of the exterior work going for us but yeah. we're getting ready to come into that so ben when you do all your fleet washing how do you fight the winter up there in canada um where i live it's very mild Mm. Um, I'd say this year it was fairly chilly. Uh, I had maybe three or four weeks total that I wasn't working. And then, um, one of my accounts, they say that if it hits zero or like if it hits freezing overnight, then they don't want me to be there. But all my other accounts, if I can find a way to be able to wash it, then, uh, I can have at it. Um, I do have a hot water pressure washer, so that helps, uh, sometimes, but there's not much uh, brushing and soaping if it drops down to like minus five or so. Yeah. So that's interesting. I, I would tell people as I was mobile and I have a hot water ran off a of diesel. And they just assume that you could just always wash no matter what, because they're like, Hey, it's hot water. Well, it doesn't <laughs> exactly work that way. Right. It works for blowing the ice off, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> that yep. paint's still cold. The weather's still cold. Just because it comes out hot doesn't mean it stays hot. Exactly. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's interesting the way people think about it, no doubt. Well, moving into spring and summer, uh, Lucas, what are you most excited about? Um, maybe seeing the sun once or twice for the next <laughs> six months would be nice. Um, I'm looking forward to also doing a lot more exterior work been pretty much same as in Colorado it's been mostly interiors for me all winter long um yeah I'm excited to hit the golf course start going and doing some not necessarily legal things in the cars with the boys again uh yeah explain that we'll we'll make sure to not inform the FBI but uh like uh have you ever seen the show Street Outlaws? Yeah, uh, there's a big group they out do of Oklahoma kind of, City, aren't they? Yeah, where they do kind of like underground bracket racing. Mm -hmm. We kind of do a little bit less uh, structured version of that around here. And we don't really race for money, but we, we actually have a couple people that um, have like quite a bit of money into just this. So we do, we got a few spots around town where we'll do, we'll do that a couple times a month. Okay. Well, yeah. Here's to it, right? Now, somebody sure. that loves to do interiors apparently recently is Derek. Uh, Derek, I see you're sipping on something. What What are you sipping on? This is called the Pulp Art Heavy Double IP. It's got pineapple in it. Mm -hmm. And where is it? From Brooklyn again. It's pretty okay. good. Um, it's a hazy, but it does not. It's more of like it's. I wish I had a glass and pour it out. It's not really that hazy. It's more of like a regular IPA. Like I know it says a hazy double, but it's definitely not. Like it's like yeah, it's good though. I've had two so far. So this one, the Bell's official hazy IPA. You should have good Bell's. Uh, we've seen it starting to come through here the states over the past six. I guess about six months or so. Uh, this is the first time I grabbed this one. I I would recommend it. I'd grab it. if you like a hazy. I mean, well, I know you do so. Yeah. <laughs> if you find bells, it's a pretty, it's decent, right? I wouldn't yeah. say it's, I wouldn't say it's unbelievable. I'm not going to ooh and ah over, but 
I mean, listen, if you if you want to grab a decent hazy IPA, the Bell's official hazy IPA is pretty good. It looks. I had it. Um, Lickershire and me had a case of it, but they didn't have it cold. They only had it like on their like trial section. So I grabbed it and had to freeze it. I don't have it now, but I had it like a week ago. It's, it's pretty good. I'm, I think I'd get it again. You wanted to talk about revive because you've been pretty blown away uh, using it. I oh, I agree. God, it's, it's been pretty impressive to use. So I was uh, this last weekend. I don't know what it was. It was it was this house down the street from me. This lady I've done her cards before, but she had called me and they they had two a, a Chevy Traverse Dustin and a uh, it was it a GMC uh, Terrain. And uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, thumbs down. Like, and they, they're very nice people, but uh, they, uh, the one side of the car, they chick, uh, spilled uh, chicken marsala in the seat. And it, some, now they cleaned up all the actual chicken itself, but all the goo had laid down in like the, the, the rails where the seats go. Luckily, it, it, was, it was still kind of hard, so I was able to get most of it up, but um, it was bad. I mean, I, I'm sure you guys saw the story. It was like gummy bears, like French fries, like, but had my compressor. Was able to blow everything out and vacuum up pretty good. The rail, I just told her I couldn't get as all of it. I was less going to take the seats out. But when I ordered my coatings from Marty, some guy sent me a video of him dropping the the, the bottle of Revive. Whoa, uh, whoa, extra whoa. Bottle. Easy. What, Derek, oh. I don't know what in the world you're talking about, man. The, the wow. Second, all I know is I ended up with a bottle. And wow. I am, it's an interesting product. And I think Nick already kind I mean, of corrected I, I, I was carrying a bottle. I fell, and it happened to fall on your box. What are you talking this about? Guy, no, no, Marty. This this guy had a different glasses on. Like I was like, I don't know who this is. It was from a random number. Oh, good. I thought you were saying I did it, man. I, no, no, it wasn't you. Was it wasn't you. It was some. I was like, who is this guy? Like it was a random number of texting me, but um, it's um, it's definitely like Nick kind of corrected me. Like in the group, like there is no. You guys didn't add any smell to it, but it does have an odor. But it's like a real fresh, like spearmint flavor. Like I'm not sure whatever, whatever ingredients you guys are saying using. that. I, I don't understand the spearmint part. I don't smell it's, spearmint at all. I just smell like, like fresh, clean chemical. I don't. It's yeah. It's something. It reminds me of like a spearmint, like kind of like fresh, like almost like I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I also didn't know it was blue. I never poured it out of the actual uh, bottle. See, that was kind of had a blue tinge to it. But um, I use it on on everything man like i was spraying it the one thing i was seeing is i was i was spraying it on the actual towel and much of my towel got saturated you could just do one light spray and then wipe down whole door panels like real quick so i could see why nick's guys like really wanted that stuff because it was almost like and it's more than just like a like a lot of quick and quick interior the typical quick interior details where they have like some kind of like you know the wax not wax but like a uv protection in it. this is a straight cleaner and it's almost like a different category where it's like it's like a quick like i said in the video it's like a quick apc that you can use on the interior and then it's safe to use on the screens or anything like i was yes i use it on the instrument cluster i use it on the screens in this one um every door panel i was using it on even like the door sills where there would be like kind of like disgust when you when you drag your foot over there and you get that little mud on the sides it was spraying on that it would wipe everything real clean but uh, i was i was pretty impressed with it um the only thing I didn't, it, the one thing I was going to tell you about, and I'm not sure if this is something you want to like promote, but I, I even used it on the, um, the pedals, but on the actual car, like I would spray it on like after you clean the pedals real good, I'd spray it on the pedals, but because it left the surface, like not like slick, 
you, you wouldn't they'd like you know you know they're, they're taking out the spray on yeah there's no silicone in it yeah there's, there's no nothing silicone, in it. so it's not gonna leave it slick yeah like it was the ones it that was good the ones that masks, leave too. a floor my apologies, I was talking over you. The ones that oh, will leave a, a little slickness to a floor mat is going to contain silicone in it. So, yeah, it doesn't contain any silicone. I should have, I think, tomorrow or the next day sometime, you'll see a TikTok that will has us cleaning the Ranger over floor mats. But, you know, the cool part about Revive was, you know, I gave it to my wife who hasn't really ever cleaned cars, and we were in a Range Rover with everybody knows that that piano black is not fun it, it's mm -hmm. just for us it's not fun for the 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 guys driving around in a range rover with piano black it looks amazing but for those cleaning it it's not fun right it, it, it's not fun at all and it, it you spray it on the towel wipe it flip your towel boom you're good to go yeah when that uh yeah. that i was gonna say that traverse had um piano black around where the screen was on the yeah. top, and I was first thing I, I got to send you the video, but I didn't. I filmed it, but I didn't put it in the story. All right, it's good to see Mr. Wesley Oaks tonight. How's it going, Wesley? Doing good, doing good. What's news just, at uh, Nissan? Anything? Uh, nothing really. At least not on my end. Just you know, the daily stuff. No big news on, you know, supply stuff or anything like that. So, mainly just called into a. I guess add on to Derek and compliment the revive that came today and uh, got out in the garage and wiped down the daily and the toy. Uh, and uh, stuff's awesome, man. So. Cool. Thanks. What's the toy? The, the Nismo Z. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a whole it was lot a side of by side, you know, you might have <laughs> Dave going crazy over there if it was. No, I just I I I, uh, I posted in the group. I, I forgot what day it was, but I actually posted a picture in the group right before I jumped on and and left the house. Um, a picture of the interior or whatever. But just like I taken it on a, a pretty long drive this past weekend with the windows down and had some scuffs on the door sills, the plastic or whatever, and some dust and fingerprints on the center console and stuff like that. So, you know perfect uh chance to try it out and uh it's awesome and like I, I i used it and then i left and i didn't like wash my hands or anything afterwards and my hands aren't dried out you know it's not like a, a heavy apc or anything like that it took everything off the interior uh i don't know where the spearmint thing comes from but it does have a fresh like uh maybe like i don't know like a just a slight like lemon slash berry kind of thing going on I don't know. It's weird. Like I know you didn't add any scent to it, but it smells good. Just it smells I guess good. coincidentally, coincidentally, whatever kind of like light surfactant or whatever that's in it. Um, I don't know. It smells nice though. So after I saw after I saw it was blue, I kept smelling blueberries. <laughs> I was smelling it. I'm like, I don't know if this is my broken COVID nose from last summer or whatever, or I still, I still think things smell weird. Like there are certain things that I know smell as they do that don't smell that like that anymore, like certain foods and stuff, you know? So I know I'm a little off on certain things. So I don't, I don't trust my nose that well, but I'm like, it's some kind of light, some kind of, I don't know. I, I would say I like my scent my scent is also a little different 
post COVID. I, I think yeah. also my breathing is still different post COVID. This this spring with my allergies, ah, uh, I, I mean it's three weeks now. I, I can't kick it. I for some reason I, I I don't know, man. I it is interesting that you said that and it made me realize it's like, huh. I wonder if COVID begins to affect us more than just those two to three weeks you have it. Yeah. Continually throughout your life, things change. I know my allergies are different. They're worse. I, this this year, my allergies are kicking my ass. Yeah. yeah it definitely changes, though. What did you, you say, Dustin? To, you guys need to take the gloves off more often when you're detailing. I don't know how you're getting sick, but – I mean, take the gloves off, man. Get some chemicals into your skin, okay? Boost that immune this, system up. Spray, spray that APC. Yeah. Open that bottle of ceramic coating and just start sniffing it, man. Don't do that. Solvent, man. Don't do that. The solvents, the solvents kill everything. <laughs> Nobody listen to Dustin whatsoever. Wear your gloves. Don't sniff. Don't do it. I mean, look at me. I'm alive and well. Haven't had COVID. Dude, I'm saying me neither. So it's dirty ass interiors I'll be doing. Yeah, dude. You just gotta take it <laughs> in. It is great. I mean, just rub your hands in that dirty traverse carpet and then pick up <laughs> your sandwich and start eating it. There were so many gummy bears in that car. I could have ate them. The gummy bears and french fries. The first time I did that car, they had the whole alphabet in and like like toy letters all in the back. And I, I called Lydia, I was like, ma'am. I got the whole outfit back and she's like, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm like, I showed her and she's like, oh, that's trash. I sucked them all up in the vacuum. <laughs> I was like, oh my you really don't want it? I found a weird goat like toy or something. It was weird. Like it was, it was fun detail though. Derek, I got one to top that. This is this. I had this car come in and I'm like, dude, I've never seen so many McDonald's French fries. Like I've never seen McDonald's French fries in the air vents. Wait. And the customer was like, <laughs> Yeah, man, we just stick them in there to cool them down for the baby, and then we ended up serious. I was like, you're kidding, right? And they're like, no, no man. We, no. Stick, we stick the french fries in the air vents so we can, so it cools them down for the baby. I'm like, And then I stick it in my the child's mouth. <laughs> I went the other way where uh, – Worked on a road and I chucked a burrito in the heat vent and cooked it with or kicked, cooked one of those uh, burritos with, with like the heat a, of the car in the uh, like, heat vent. Like the frozen burritos? Yeah. Oh. Hey, it cooked it. <laughs> I just picture somebody sweating their ass off in a car. Like, oh, this, is, <laughs> this better be worth it. Um, it didn't take terribly long, I'd say. Maybe 20, 30 minutes of it driving or of driving around to the, from one store <laughs> to the next. You do what you got to do up there, right? I know, but still, but still. Yeah. All right. So this is a fun story. I, I think people appreciate, especially since he was laying down the wood floors on his van live on the community pub. Joe Clean has now decided to sell his van. And he said he got a great deal at the dealership. Joe Clean, tell us about you wanting to sell your van now because literally just uh, about a month ago, you were heavy sweating, putting down wood floors on your van, and then you decide to flip it, man. What's going on? She la Now she's laughing at me, right? Because she thought about the same thing. I was working so hard on the van. And then 
one day I just say, you know what, I'm selling this damn van. So, but at the end of the day, uh, we took it around to a few dealerships and the best, the dealership that gave me the best offer, we sold it to them, which was Furman. So, and we end up making a little relationship with them as well, uh, which me and you talked off, uh, Marty, but um, I bought me another van. Um, I bought a van on Sunday, which uh, was a 2001, okay, Chevy Astro van. And the van that I sold was a 2015 uh, Nissan NV2500. So the van was too big. The wife, the missus was talking me out of uh, the big, big van. So that's the situation. I, I had that van since 2015, no, 14, December uh, 2014. We had that van and it was a 15. So we only had 98,000 miles on it. So we sold it. So. Why why sell at ninety eight thousand on a fifteen and go down to an eleven? Why? Uh because I for one it's working capital. I'm transitioning from mobile to my shop location, so this will give us about a good six months of working capital if we need it, and uh, it would allow me to stay to the shop. So. All my old customers, I love them dearly, but just like they would do me. If somebody came with something better to offer, they'll drop me because we don't have contracts to say, hey, you with me for years on out or whatever. So I have a few customers that I'm working with weaving my way out. And if you can't make it to the shop, I apologize. But I paid six grand for an AC that I don't get to use on a daily in my shop. So when I'm out here sweating my behind off in Florida, I think about my AC at my shop. So with that being said, that's where I want to be. I think find it interesting what you said. You sold it so that you have some working capital. That's kudos to you, brother. Not too many people think that far ahead. So what got you to that point to realize that you should sell something that is a liability so that you can keep some quote unquote cash in the bank for working capital well i can say it like this um to put the cash in the bank it gives me well being that i'm going to be at the shop i'm going to make the money regardless i'm going to make the money but again for everybody COVID was a surprise life is a surprise i would rather have that van that sat for like last month it sat since it sat two days prior to you guys seeing it with the wood being installed in it. So it's been sitting since then, haven't made me any money since, right? So right now where it sits is if I can make a living without the van like I've been doing, it gave me room to say, you know what, let me sell that van, get to work in capital. I actually um, bought another van, uh, which is that Astro, and I have another guy right now that's going to rent the van from me. So with the working capital that I did get with the van, um, I can actually go buy another van. And I also discussed with the dealership to possibly buy the van back. So buy the van back, meaning uh, the price that they put on it wasn't too far. It was $4,000 more than what they sold it to me for. So if I were to buy it again this year, I would get that tax write off again this year. And they said it would be on the lot in the next seven days. So playing with Uncle Sam with the IRS, plus having another van, which my payments would be cheaper because the van is much cheaper and I can rent that van out as well. So that's what I'm working on doing right now. But I'm not sure if I might end up buying that van back, but I might buy another van cash and keep renting out vans. 
Yeah, yeah. Don't buy it back. The, the yeah. hardwood floor just won't won't make sense anymore. <laughs> I'll take it out. No worries. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to take it out and start over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that's... interesting discussion, as you said. You know, and I listen, man. I love the idea of what you're saying. I we we're big proponents of dumping. Uh, I sold a van that I would really enjoyed. It was my Nissan NV. I bought it to roll around the state of Oklahoma selling products and really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a great van. I, I wish I still had it. There was, I drove to Dallas in it because I just enjoyed driving it over the Jeep, right? Would I drive the Jeep down to Dallas or the other truck down to Dallas? The Nissan MV was a, was a cool van. I, I enjoyed it. It was smooth, great engine. Everything was great about it. But there was a time where I looked at where I was headed as a business and I decided to sell it. It made sense to sell it. And as they say, burn the ships, man. Don't go back. Don't try and talk to them exactly. about coming back to buy it, man. Just, I would say, go about exactly. your ways and, go, and go to that other one. No doubt. <laughs> it is an interesting discussion though, going from shop to mobile. Brandon is also has a shop, but does mobile. Brandon, how do you weigh out your vehicle expense versus your SOP expense? And I, I think that'd be an interesting discussion to chop back and forth. Yeah, so I started a, a shop price and a mobile price. And that's hopefully to get people to come more to All the right. shop. So is your shop price less than your mobile price? Yeah, shop price is less. Um, and you know, it's I, I just did $25 extra to do mobile that seems to be kind of the sweet spot to it's not too much for people to still want mobile but it's enough to kind of hinder people to want to come to the shop so when i started that i kind of started getting a 50 50 split for people you know wanting to bring just to save 25 bucks they'll they'll bring it to the shop and i mean that's, that seems to be the sweet spot and you know if i'm paying rent in the shop i want to stay there as much as i can so how do you feel that is for the business? Has it been a, a bonus, quote unquote, for your business? Is it generating more or walk me through that? What does it look like? I mean, if you don't have that ride time, if you're not paying people to ride around and they can just stay at the shop and bang them all out, you know, that's that that's a big money saver there because, you know, if you've got two hours of travel time every day, you know, that's paying people that money and not really getting anything out of it. And you, if you bring everything to the shop, you know, just bang them out there and you know, hopefully call it an early day and go across the street to the bar. Hey, <laughs> uh, there's that, that, I mean, that's it. It's always a debate for mobile detailers. I've been pretty open about it, that we always seen that mobile detailers, Joe, as, as I've done certified trainings that you've been to there at Lobato shop, multiple detailers come in there and go, ah, oh, this is what I just, I can't wait till I get to this point. And it's like a rite of passage or a arrival in a business that your business has grown enough mobile that now you justify yourself getting a shop. What was that mental thought process for you as you've shifted from mobile to shop? Marty. Okay. Um, sorry. Um, Who was you talking to Marty? Oh, it's okay. Go ahead, Brandon. Then we'll go to Joe. Uh, well, my shop, I mean, I basically started as somewhere for everybody to meet up besides my house. And then, you know, I definitely wanted to start getting work in there. So I tried to start transitioning as much stuff as I can to the shop with still having the mobile, give them, you know, the option. 
So your that's reason mom. for the shop, that's interesting that you said meet up, which is true. If you're a mobile detailer and you start hiring people, they got to have a place to meet. A lot of mobile detailers just start out of their house, and so they would send people to their house. Uh, that's not exactly the best place for <laughs> employees or team members, quote-unquote, to come in. So that that is a great aspect to think about. Joe, what was your reason? Um, can you do that question one more time? My wife is blending. Sure. Why did you get the shop? Okay. Why did I get the shop is coding. When I met you at... Um, Justin Lobato, when I first went there for his training and we started talking about uh, needing a garage for coding, that was for inspiration. But then you came along on my next training, which I met, met you, you told me I could do it outside. But by that time, um, I was already getting, so I turned my house into a detail shop, my garage, because I got a two car garage. And I told my wife I wanted to go rent a garage. So my wife put me to the challenge. She said, if you can make money out of our home garage, which we don't use as much and is wide open, then you can get a shop. So spent some money on it, made the money back the first detail that we did for the coding and plus more. So she was like, okay, you can get a shop. So for coding purposes is the reason why I got a shop. And I believe that if you're going to do something, um, especially I know me, I like my prices. I like to put value in people's cars. So if I'm going to ask for the money, they got to be comfortable spending the money with me. So where other guys would be like, oh, you're doing too much. Don't put that in there. Don't spend that money on the air compressor. But why buy a small air compressor when there is one that's a little bit bigger and I don't have to change it no more. You know what I mean? So I go big on all my stuff so I could do it one time because I don't have time. But uh, the reason why I did a shop is just because now I can do my landmark. You know how you used to be like, when we was in high school, we used to go to the Sonic and whatever the case may be, there's a landmark. So if I can kind of create my own environment after traffic picks up, I'm known in that area, then that's where grandkids can say, hey, this is where I grew up, whatever, they, whatever however the chips fall, but I have that landmark. Your so next just, step will be what Dustin did and buy a place yes. right like yes. to get that landmark that true landmark you need to own the property that's a yes. great way of thinking long term yeah yes i i'm so I'm, i got my i'm not my drawings per se to the t but i have my drawings far as what i'm going to build so i told my wife that in the next two years we are building we're gonna buy so we are looking for property right now and we kind of got the design so we even cool. came up with the concept where we want a bar a cigar lounge a rooftop with a cigar, a restaurant inside of it with a detail shop. So that's the concept that we want. So even if you're not getting a detail, you would come and lounge and still spend money. But if you spend money with us, oh, it's going to be a high ticket. And what about too? the another aspect would be maybe I, I think it's I think it's fascinating to do not just necessarily bar and cigars for for guys, but how many women would love to get their nails done? Oh, man. Why their cars get clean? How many women would love to get a nice little neck massage, back rub, some type of masseuse while their cars getting clean? Right. Like, I love that, Joe. I've, I've, I've always been fascinated with how you can take other services that a customer might get and intertwine them into a location, you know, yeah. into a spot. Let's dive into this a little further. But before we do, I'd love to check in with Nick. Nick, you've already been diving down into your food and we haven't even checked into it, man. What'd you cook tonight? I made some type of salmon pasta. 
I've got some more. I had salmon pasta, some sort of salmon pasta. Yeah, so it, it was one of those like, all right, see what we have and throw it together. And what can I say? It worked beautifully. I, I, I had some salmon left over from the other week when I made salmon tacos. I froze it that night. So got that back out, seasoned it with salt, pepper, lemon pepper, and paprika. Seared that in a skillet and added it to a, a pasta that I put a homemade Alfredo on top of and added a little tomato to it. I got extra. That's what it looks like. Hmm. Tasty. And people can go see your finished plate at? At Instagram. Uh, my username is it's underscore brooms. Yeah. And always putting out good stuff. Lucas, you've got a shop. Have you ever thought of uh, intertwining other things into your shop to be able to bring people to you? Yeah. Um, I mean, outside of the car sphere, there's a couple ideas I had. Um, I have a buddy that's a mobile barber, and I thought about maybe having him bring some of his clients and cut hair in the front office part here, and then I can do like a $50 vacuum wipe down while they're getting a haircut you know give us both some business or uh yeah maybe have like uh some baked goods for sale i don't know you know there's little things that you know you think about to try and just get people in the door try and spend some money with you yeah no i i like it that the barber's a one that i haven't heard before but there's, <laughs> there's there's no doubt that if we have quote unquote arrived as a mobile detailer and going into a shop setting and and I felt that I had arrived when I sold my mobile detailing business and opened up a car wash. I mean, it it was the next step for me. It was my evolution as a company. So I find it fascinating to hear what different people could create their evolution for. Yeah. And when you I'm... can inter intermix more things into your business that have a relationship with other businesses or other avenues of income or what we like to say, a local community. Hey, to the community. The more you can arrive uh, with people coming into your business, into your shop, as Joe said, it's a destination place or a place to create memories. Wow, that sure. actually becomes a legend type of business. It ones that maybe can sustain itself. Yeah, Justin, you got to. Oh, go ahead, Lucas. My bad. Uh, I host a lot of car meets here, too, because I got, I mean, technically, I only get six parking spots with my unit rental, but on Saturdays and Sundays, the parking lot's empty, and it's cool. I got it all figured out with my landlord before I even moved in, so I'll host, you know, uh, a weekend cars and coffee on the third Sunday of every month, and I've, I've met a lot of I mean, it's people who don't necessarily spend money with me, but it's a good way for people that you don't even know. They know where you are now and they come to your business. They're into cars. They love their car. And it, that's, I've gotten more business than I thought. Just, you know, grilling up uh, $40 worth of hot dogs and um, having people out for a couple hours on a Sunday afternoon or whatever. Okay, so walk us through your cars and coffee. How'd you get it set up? There's going to be people that listen and they go, yeah, I've heard that too. And we've 
we've said it on a regular that, you know, especially as detailers get into distribution and want to bring people in to see products, yeah. hosting events like that are phenomenal. As I was growing my distribution business, I hosted events where, you know, I was cooking the barbecue, brewing the beer, and then serving everybody what I had made up. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a blast. I'm 100% on board. It's an incredible way of growing a business. How'd you get in with cars and coffee? Well, so there's two ways that I did it. When I was mobile, I would do it. Um, and I would uh, a advertise it on my Facebook page and also with a local car club. Okay, but pause for one second. I apologize because you're saying cars and coffee. I Right. That's a like in each town, right? That right, first yeah. one, there's always an organization or somebody you got to reach out to. Right. So we have break. two in my town, we have two official cars and coffee LLC clubs that host either biweekly or annual huge events. And they're both cheddar dicks and don't allow any advertising, any any kind of sponsorship anything they have the the two people who run it and you'll be barred for life if you start handing out business cards for any industry so that wasn't an avenue i could take to grow the business because i do enjoy going to those ones and those are always on saturdays so i talked with a couple local car clubs and i said hey i want to be able to build uh a community of like networking <laughs> yeah with uh other local automotive personalities people who run customization shops paint shops auto body shops uh i i know a kid that has a headlight restoration shop where all he does is builds custom headlight assemblies for cars so um we're all kind of in this big group chat of you know a monthly meetup of where we're gonna do it and um there's three or four of us that have a shop so we rotate throughout the month um different sundays where we'll have people to the shop and it's it goes out on a couple different local car pages that have a few thousand members um and yeah the, it, it's open invite anyone can come all makes and models it's from 11 a.m to 1 p.m on sunday morning this day of the month this day of the week you'll come out you can get a free hot dog you can buy shirts for 20 bucks you can talk to people with questions and yeah it's, it's usually a, a pretty good time all right, so another one of our new distributors is IREP Detail Supply out in Hawaii. He he's actually linked in with the guy that does the quote unquote the you know, I don't I don't want to say true or uh you know the 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 actual cars and coffee. And you're yeah. you're right. Like it took him quite a bit to get linked in with him. Once he got linked in, he could he could work with the guy, but if somebody isn't able to work in with the cars and coffee group, you really just laid out a plan for them on how they could set it out themselves. Yeah. If you, my thought has always been, if you can't get joined with something that's already running, fucking go do it yourself, figure it out, get something and, and, rolling, get your own and, ball rolling. I love it. And the figuring out part is what I want to go back over because I want listeners to understand the work it takes, but also why it's important to build a local community, community around others that are in the industry. It might not be detailing, but walk us back through the different people that you've linked yourself with. So it's really important to um, get into the local car seat. I don't care if you drive a 2010 Chevy Equinox like I used to drive until Friday. 
go to car meets, everyone, there's going to be dicks in every kind of event you go to for any kind of anything you're interested in. Don't pay them any mind. Just start asking people questions about their cars. It's going to take time, but build relationships, make friends with people who have cool cars and light cars and live and breathe the same shit you do. All right, say I'm, that again. I know I'm interrupting you, but oh, you you're just good. said it takes the, there's a magic word you said there. It starts with a T, ends with an E. Time. Oh, it takes say it again. It takes time. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. I, to I, I officially started my business a year ago, but I say I started building my business four years ago when I got involved in the car community. I bought a Camaro and started going to car meets, car shows you know, race days, track days, autocross. I, I, every car event that would pop up on Facebook in my local area, I got to the, all the clubs, went and talked to everyone in person at these events, got to know tons of awesome people. And then fast forward three years later, I started my mobile detailing just on an accident. And then, you know, it grows from there. And a lot of what fueled that was the relationships i've built the years prior with people in the car community because they're the people who are most primarily that want to hand you money correct to get your for your services because i I didn't know what i wanted to do i knew i eventually wanted to specialize in some kind of automotive work but i'm 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 not very good with a wrench so (laughs) that was not really in the question for me to start doing mechanic work i'm I'm dangerous with brakes and tires and oil changes, but you know, <laughs> not much beyond Same that. Here. So I'm like, well, Same I've always here. taken really good care of my cars. So started doing some detailing. Uh, and yeah. That, it's just, it's all about relationships, man. Just getting out, figuring out where the local meat spots are, go on your Facebook page and just Google my, your, your city's Facebook name. Groups, right. Look, yeah. Facebook yeah, groups, Facebook look for groups. pages, groups, mm-hmm. You know, if you see a car meet while you're driving around, we've all driven around our towns and see parking lots full of custom cars. Just stop, pull in and go start talking to people and you'll figure all this stuff out from other people. Lucas, that's called sales. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Many times we, we see a group of people and there's a gut check time where we go. Should I? Yeah, I don't know. There's guys, there's people over there. There's a bunch of cars. I I might be able to make some money off of them, but I'm going to have to go start talking to these people. I'm going to have to find out who they are. I'm going to have to work. Like, that's going to take a lot of work, man. Yeah. And once you get a little bit of notoriety around your local community, don't be afraid to spend some money sponsoring a couple shows, you know, throw your own shows, do do whatever to to get people together. Lucas, I was kind of, I was kind of facetiously joking, like you put in the work like you, you said, and you, there's the reason why I said it that way. Like you kind of, you kind of just said, yeah, there's local people and you go talk, like it became a natural thing for you. There's many listeners that they also are seeing it, but they're not taking that step where they pull their car over to that group. They put it in park. They take a deep breath. They talk to themselves and like maybe look at themselves in the rearview mirror and go, you got this. And then they, they don't, they don't actually get out of the car and go talk to people. They just, 
they actually never did all that. They just kept driving. Whereas yep. if they would have pulled over, if they would have put it in park, if they would have talked to themselves and encouraged themselves, they might have actually opened up the door and went out and talked to these people. And instead of getting out and talking to them like you want to sell them something, you just get to know them. Wow, that takes weeks and weeks of constantly getting back to know them. And I'm spending all this time going out to this car show. I'm constantly spending all this time. Hey, isn't that what we're supposed to do as business owners is go find new avenues. We got to go hunt. We got to go figure out how to sell somebody, but you don't sell somebody just by selling them. You actually have to build a relationship. People buy things from people they know, like, or trust. So if you want to sell something, people have to know you. That either takes a lot of time, years sometimes, or they have to like you and you, you have to be able to walk up to somebody and they just immediately, because of your smile or the way you talk or whatever it is, gift that you have, they have to like you or for sure they got to trust you. So and those are the reasons that people buy from you. They know you, they like you, or they trust you. And what if you're got truly you to friends with them, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's, there you go. I was going to say, what got you into those groups? And you immediately said friends. So if I'm a detailer and I'm looking to either go set up a place, maybe I've got a shop that I want to start getting people in to host these events. That's Joe, that's Dustin, that's multiple of us here in the community that want to bring in people. How did you go about getting friends to start doing this with you? There's two ways you can do it. If you're an extrovert, which I'm pretty extroverted, I've never had a big problem making friends. I'd, I'd walk up to anybody, no matter how mean of a mug they got and introduce myself, shake their hand and just immediately start asking questions about their car, their build. Hey, where'd you get these wheels? Have you run it at the track? What's your time? Just building a conversation with people about their, their car that they've personalized. The other way you can do it is to have a really nice, not even nice, just a customized vehicle of some kind of your own that's interesting. Whether you got an old shitty Honda or a brand new Camaro like I had, do something to make it yours. People will, and you go to these events and you're introverted, you can be the guy who sits by their car and doesn't talk to anybody and people will come up to you and start asking questions about your car. So I, I double dipped in, in both. I, I, I'd pull up, park my $40,000 10 second Camaro. And I just go talk to the, the Honda kids because I, <laughs> I love my car, but I want to talk about everyone else's car because you guys got the money and I need that to be able to make this thing run a 10 second quarter mile. So that was, that was, you know, my motivation was never, um, I think it's important not to, to talk to people and build these relationships and have your main priority to be to extract money from their pocket. But if you truly go into it, wanting to be their friend and do things with them in the automotive sphere, you're going to build business and stronger relationships than just, you know, client detailer relationships. Like every time there's a, we have a local informed group, like most communities have, we have our local really? informed Facebook group and probably 90% of the time when someone posts in that group, does anyone know a good local detailer? I have 10 people that immediately will comment my page in the comments because they love, they, they know me personally, they're my friends. And then 
almost every time I'll get the job just because I have this, this army and it's not even army. It's just 10 guys that I'm super close with. That'll just immediately recommend me. And yeah, it, it scores work, not even just from them, but from them telling other people too. And it, it cherry blossoms out from there. I love it, man. That's, that's really great advice. Thank you so much. There's yeah, not for sure. too many, <laughs> there's not too many episodes where people will get direct information from somebody that's doing that. Dave, I'm curious in your neck of the woods, what do you guys find with cars and coffee? Is that a thing up there in Colorado? How do you see people building their own? What do you guys think about that? Up here, we have, we have two car clubs up here. Uh, most of them are 60 ish plus guys that have the older hot rods. Um, they, they're they're kind of they're kind of dicks really they don't they don't they don't want the new age the younger group like these guys with their cars involved they they want their old classics and their hot rods that they can brag about they're using borax on their wheels and see how cool they look you know um go up to steamboat and and we get uh we get uh the corsa rally they come up across through there and that becomes quite the festival for the younger generation. So that kind of brings everybody around at that time of the year, the spring and the fall, they come through Craig both, both times of the year. Um, but for the most part, uh, it's, we don't have a lot of clubs around here or shows that are open to everybody. It's yeah. a very clicky, I guess you could say that you've got to get into and it's hard to get into those guys. And we did, um, we got in with them, but it, it took quite a bit of time. So that to try and bring everybody together, that's something that we could probably use some help on is trying to get the younger guys that have the, you know, the, the faster, quick cars and, and the older guys together. But right now it's pretty clicky. Very clicky. cool. Uh, I, I know this, I'm going to go over to Dustin here in a second. He's ready to launch out in a bunch of his events and what he's trying to do. What, you, you mentioned that T word again. How much time did it take you? Oh man, it took us years. It took us three years <laughs> to get in with those guys to where we would, we would offer details to these classic cars, just bring them down to our shop. And we would spend two days before each car show, just pretty much giving away letting these guys come in because they were all bonded together and they'd bring their cars in. We'd kind of have a small meet right there in our parking lot. Um, but it took, took a lot of time to get these guys to open up to us. They didn't want to see the new products. They wanted to go to the O'Reilly's and the Walmarts and talk about their, their, you know, Walmart brand stuff that that's what they've used forever. And they, you can't change their mind. And eventually we were able to put towels in their hands and let them use the products that detailers can use and in an environment that we could all get along. And it, it, took, it took quite a while to get them to open up, but they finally have. Yeah, I wanna say the first year we owned that shop, we, there's a big car show that happens every springtime here right around May. And uh, the first year that we had owned our detail shop that we had started back in 2016, we had had probably two cars come in. The next year we had had about six cars come in. The year after that, it just kind of started to steadily grow and grow more and more as we did go out and communicate with people at car shows and hand out business cards and offer people to come in and just check out what we were all about. 
it just took years. <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, time. Lots time. of time. Uh, I, exactly. When I've been a, a guest on podcast and somebody's asked me, "Hey, man, what's your recommendation? How should somebody grow their business?" I go, "Time." <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, you you've got to wake up. And as we all know, you're going to climb throughout the day. You're going to do everything you can. And in the night, you're going to go to sleep. It's going to take years of doing that over and over and over. And if you get this idea that you want to go reach out to people and set up these groups, it's, it's amazing what you can do when you build a community around other people that also share interest in car care. But... You can't just beat them over the head like you think you've been beating other people over the head. It doesn't work that way. You've got to invest interest into them. They got to invest interest in you. It's just like a relationship with somebody that you want to quote unquote get into a, a relationship with, right? It, it takes time. Can't be a lot of pressure. Don't put too much pressure on it. Let that be an avenue but it shouldn't be your mainstream that you just put so much pressure on. I love it. I, I, Dustin, as, as you're now, all right, like you open up this shop, you bought it, you're excited. You already have, I think some stuff on the schedule, but you're hearing people talk about how much time it's going to take. Walk us through where you're at because this is, this is really interesting, right? Because you bought your shop, you're ready to go but you've got multiple people saying it's going to take time. Uh, man, sometimes you just, I mean, yeah, time is the biggest thing. And if you're like me, you just want it to happen right away. Right. Um, you gotta be patient, but as for, you know, reaching out, uh, like, you right. were just, I, okay. Pause for a second. Cause you said you gotta be patient. Let's talk through that difficulty for you. What does patience for you look like? Let's let, like be a little, be a little bare, you know, be a little bit open. How difficult is patience? Because you've got, you've got regular income coming in, but you also got expenses, right? So I've got to invest into something that's going to take time and I've got to have patience. I, that, Walk me through that for you. How does that translate? What does patience mean? Yeah, I mean, pa patience is tough, right? Uh, you know, like you said, you got to invest into something and it takes time to, we'll just put it this way, to move that product. Or even if you've got employees, Marty, you and I were talking, you invest into something, you might not see that ROI for a couple months, dude. <laughs> like, like it sucks, but you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, whether you're looking into business growth or, you know, you've got all this money and, and chemicals sitting, you know, sitting there in your shop on the wall, you got to understand that you have to have that stuff and be patient in order to sell it. Right. Um, you know, uh, whatever it is in life, you, you've got to be patient, but you also have to step back and look at it and create a strategic plan of this is how we're going to get there. And it sucks. Cause I'm like, Hey, I want to get there now, 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 but you got to step back and say, Hey, how are we going to do this? Bingo. So 
I'm I'm trying to dig a little bit deeper. What is patience for you? What's your struggle? My my struggle is that I want it now. (laughs) What do you want now? You just you want the security of that your expenses are going to equal what maybe the investment is coming in. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you want that, you, you want to strive for the highest profit, you know, like I've got numbers in my mind that I want to hit this year, but that's not all I want. You know, I, I want a 4,000 square foot shop, but I just bought an 1800 square foot shop. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, that's patience for me is understanding that I'm not ready for that yet. I, I'm not going to make it there yet, but patience is, you know, hey, these are numbers that I want to hit. How am I going to get it? What am I doing now that's going to put me on track to do exactly that? All right. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I find it interesting that we could use a word like patience. However, when somebody's listening and inside their own life, they might not be able to understand what patience might look like for them. You're in the middle of a, it's not a struggle for you, right? But it is a terror, tug of war, right? Because you've now bought a place. You're now bringing people in to work with you. So not only do you have your expenses of operating the facility because you, you got to pay the, the bank. You also got to pay your team members and you, you've also got your expenses of your personal life. And then I'm supposed to have patience on that from there's so much in my personal life that I really want more of. And I really, I just want all this. Yeah. And I, I would really like this. I really like, uh, how, yeah. how do I take that? patience between what I really want out of owning a business. I want to be a baller and I want to be a business owner. I I want versus, okay, but I've got a shop. I really need team members. And in order to get everything else I want, I might also now I need to invest into other avenues that bring people into my business. And some of those avenues might mean working around talking to people that run other businesses, spending a lot of time in my day and my week that doesn't seem to generate much. I'm just talking to people. I'm just having friendships and they, they, they might work out or they might not work out. How do how do I have the patience with the stresses versus what I need to do during the day combined with what I really want. I, I want a fucking yacht and I, I want a fucking house and I, I just bought this SUV and I, I want all these shoes. Like there's all these things that people want who work us through the patience part. How do I, I still don't understand. Sacrifice is the word that comes to mind, you know, listening to you kind of break that down. There's a lot of sacrifice that comes into play, you know, as in the yacht, dude, like I wanted a boat this year, bad. But like my goal was to buy a new wake book. However, I'm looking at my business and I'm like, hey, there's goals that I have in mind that I want to reach. 
And, you know, I've got these goals written down and the numbers and all that good stuff. Um, you know, and I want to grow our staff. I, I want to move X amount of product this year. But without sacrifice and patience, it's, I don't think it's possible. Yeah, I mean, sure, it would be possible, but it kind of gets in the way there. And as you said, you know, conversations, meeting people, you might not meet, not you, you might not meet, ugh, you might not make profit right away, but you, sometimes you got to take time out of your day, talk to people, build relationships. Some days you might make nothing. And then you're there till midnight, one o'clock in the morning, polishing a vehicle because you spent all day putting in that sacrifice of talking to people on the phone, having conversations online, this, that, and the other. Like Saturday night, we went out to a car show, hung out with those guys. Like Lucas said, I didn't really have anything to talk about. I whipped in the only diesel truck in the parking lot and the camera guy was bouncing his hand like this to get me to mash on the throttle and <laughs> like no we ain't gonna do that but i found a car i seen the giant turbo sticking out of this little subaru and i'm like that's a 363 board warner on a freaking subaru went up to the guy and started talking to him that was it made all kinds of uh, relationships that night so marty i think kind of what you're digging at is you know what sacrifices need to be made and, you know, that's kind of where patience comes into play, sacrifice and, and being patient through it all. You're going to have to do both. Joe's got his hand up. Joe Clean, thoughts? Yes, sir. My thought is, okay, patience to me is understanding. Uh, I heard this one quote, well, this one little line from Les Brown. He said, when, do you, when should a baby walk? And it's basically when the baby walks, right? So when we see our kids start walking, if any of us have kids on here, when the kids start walking, do after the kids start falling down, do you tell them, no, just sit there, just stay down, or you allow that kid to get up. You allow that kid to, 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 to get his bumps and bruises. We don't want it, but nine times out of 10, a kid will get a bump and bruise. So when we think about our business, when a kid is around about one or just say one years old, you should expect that kid to walk. But if that kid doesn't walk, we now start really focusing on that kid like, hey, okay, he's not talking yet. He's not walking. And before you know it, we may have a disabled child. But then we put him in that rehabilitation. We put him in those different courses or classes or whatever to, to build. So with us in our business, if we back up, we understand that we may not make profit, right? But if you really, really, really look at it and set your prices right, that's why I told you that when I got my garage, my first car, whatever, with the money that I spent, I actually got it back. Everything else after that was icing on the cake. My shop, if I do one coating, I pay the rent every single month. And then I have another 22 days, another 21 days of working. So when I do things, I do things with the end goal in mind. I can buy a whole bunch of chemicals for $5,000, but why am I buying the chemicals? I already know ahead of time why I'm doing what I'm doing. If I'm going to put a shop in a certain location, I know why. I turned the garage. It was a storage garage that I turned into a detail shop only because there's 40,000 cars that go by day in and day out every single day. I'm bound to get one coating out of the month if I wanted to. So it's a pre, it's, it's almost like a chess move. But at the end of the day, 
I before I make a decision, I my end goal nine times out of ten is 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 at play, even though I, if I don't know all the processes and all the piece, but my end goal is at play. So again, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so passionate about it. It's so much stuff was running in my head, and my hand been up for a little while. So every time somebody say something, something else come up, something else come up, something else come up. So that's just how my mind is. But at the end of the day. Um, we should always know, okay, what does our, mar our market that we are in, what does our market take? Not what Marty market take, not what does this mar market takes, but my market. Since I'm in Brandon, there's no other detailers around me. That's why I'm going to try to open up this garage and turn it into a detail shop. Now, when people see it, it's like, oh my God, I did. So now that's the conversation. And now I ask these ridiculous prices which makes sense at the end of the day, but it's still ridiculous because people don't realize they pay this kind of money for detailing. So in a nutshell, just doing what needs to be done. And if, it, if, if it's not working, then figure out what needs to be done to make it work. If, you're, if you don't do that, then just quit and figure out something else. But always, if something doesn't work, keep going until you figure out what does work. And that's where time comes in. I have an understanding that I'm not going to walk my first month because there's no newborn baby that comes out walking. So I have an understanding on that. I know that it takes either nine months to 10 months because my daughter started walking at about 10 months. And that was very, that was early. That's because yeah, I kept her. Come on, man. Mine, mine oh. were like three weeks, bro. What the fuck okay. My point. Three, three, weeks. three weeks, man. I mean, they could barely even feel their toes, but dude, they were fucking running sprints by age four weeks. I don't exactly. understand what's wrong with you. And, and, and again, some people may be earlier than others. Like, it may take a long time for me, but say, for instance, I met Marty the very first day I started detailing, but just because I started detailing one day didn't mean I, have the, I don't have the knowledge. Like, I can have the knowledge prior to actually open it up a business. I meet you, Marty, and I fit in perfect with you. So where it might take people months and months and months and months, that might be my first week. And I actually met the right puzzle piece and then we ran with it. If you kind of understand what I'm saying. I do, and I made it quite a, I kind of made a joke, right? Like my kids were walking by week three, like, do you think though, and this is kind of an odd question, but just gonna throw it out there. Do you think the detailers like to compare themselves to other detailers? Of course. Uh -huh. every single yeah. Day. Yeah. So, Why? You see, look, he just scratched his shoulder. I'm doing it too. I mean, yeah. that's just doom. That's just... Everybody... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah, he was. Yeah. I, yeah, listen, you know. Joe. I thought he Joe. was Jay Z, oh. and I thought he was like Joe. shaking them haters Joe. off. Is what I thought he was doing, man. Yeah, no. yeah. Like, that's what I thought. No. He was like, "Oh, fuck them dudes!" Like, I'm no. shaking them off, man. <laughs> but, but yeah, that because Marty, I can I can touch a nerve right now, and yeah, I can please do. What's that nerve? Right, right. Let me tell you how much we as detailers follow each other. Because right now, once my status changes a little bit to where I'm known, I this whole two bucket method crap that they got going on it pisses me off. <laughs> <me. laughs> no, they, yeah, they two bucket method. Okay, right? Joe, Joe, pause, pause. Okay, one second, because we, the, I, I get it. Derek was laughing. There's a couple people laughing. Like, <laughs> I didn't hear everything you said. There's a two bucket <laughs> method, and what? Yes, 
detailers have this thing where everybody wants to say two bucket method, right? But then this guy who's doing two bucket method, he's charging 50 bucks to wash a car for two bucket method. You know the time consuming in that? And then the car that he washes has a Mr. Car Wash sticker in the window. What the heck are you doing two bucket washes for for $50 and they're going to drive it through a car wash when they can't get you and get in contact with you? The car is full of scratches. And then if you're going to polish your car, why are we using the two bucket method? And then you can tell me that I can pressure wash your car and then come and do a waterless wash. Where's my two buckets in that? It's all over the place with the industry. And it's Instagram. Is I see guys where wash about use about $20 worth of soap on a car for a picture. And it's like, do you need all that soap to wash a car? <laughs> it's flooding the ground. So it's like they're not considering their bot, they're not considering their bottom line. They're not considering the time it takes for them to keep going over the car with the soap. It's so many different scenarios. But again, because we as detailers keep following one another, trying to impress each other, making detail porn, we all are falling down this little rabbit trail of what another, another detailer is doing. Okay, so yes, we as detailers, we follow each other. We want a wave to follow. Listen, Joe, I, I'm going to go ahead and say I, I'm a big fan of detailer porn. I, I do, I do. When I see those reels come through, I, I do follow some detail porn. There's no, I might go ahead and say that. I, I do. I, <laughs> all right, yeah. Dustin, you had your hand up. Yeah. So kind of going off of what Joe said, uh, you know, comparing yourself to others and all the craziness that's going on in our industry. I was just listening to a podcast the other day and it was uh, Inky Johnson. And he said, comparison is a thing uh, is a thief, a thief of joy. Uh, we've all got different starting lines, man. You know, we're not all the same. Uh, shoot. Some of you guys seem where I came from and to own my own shop is like a dream, dude. Like, like I was balling out of my pickup truck bed last year, <laughs> you know? So, uh, sky's the limit for all of us, man. But, uh, you know, in the detailing industry, everybody's putting on a big front. Uh, you know, I, I like the detail porn too. <laughs> uh, love those TikToks and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, don't compare yourself to others. You know, and we've all got our own paths and our own starting lines to so keep trucking, set out your plan. And it shouldn't porn, in a sense, be entertainment? Well, but how many times does it become like Joe has said, like you're saying, it becomes a comparison? But I, I, I'm a, I'm a detailed porn fanatic. But I, I enjoy the entertainment of it, right? Like I enjoy seeing people put foam. I, I like. I've always been fascinated with just washing cars. Like it's, it's literally was my entry into the industry as I was a kid, and I would go through a car wash with my dad. Like that was my earliest memory of car care. So I, I'm, I'm fascinated. That was the reason when I owned a car wash, I would sit for hours. I just watched cars go through. I was fascinated with just cleaning cars. Like to me, it is an addiction. It is pornography. It is an addiction. Like I love watching stuff get clean. Yeah, but is that your, is that your means of income 
If I were to take one little detail brush, man, hold on, and foam and just spray, spray the foam in it. Like I watch it. And then they go on the door and they just do this. And it's, it's, it's dude, dude, we laugh all the time too. Trust me. Dog, it's 12 hours of working day. Like, dude, who can work past 12 hours every single day of their life doing detail? Okay, I'm not judging nobody, but if you just say you got 24 hours in a day, how many cars can you do in 24 hours in that day and do this to each one of them? How much are you trying? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's a big thing, dude. Like, I see that and, and uh, all over the internet, these guys polishing down perfect paint, you name it. And we've seen a couple guys, you know, lately shut down their shops and stuff. I mean, I'm not going to point out names and stuff, but, you know, guys that chase perfection and shit like that, then poof, you know, you can't chase. I, I feel like chasing perfection, man, you can't run a big scaled operation and, and really grow your shop. The sky's the limit and chase perfection uh you know I, I feel like there's there's a point where you're like hey this is good it's presentable we need to move on to the next one like sure i would love to chase 100 every single time too but at the end of the day my customer doesn't give a shit <laughs> you know they want shiny glossy and presentable it's uh, my question is my question is what's the process of chasing perfection because if i can use the perfect blend and it takes me three hours to give perfection. Now, that's the question. What is perfection if we're saying, is it how long they're taking on a car? Or is it the fact that they're getting it perfect in three to four hours? Because a, a proper enhancement would be probably about four hours for me on a car, on a car sedan. I would like to get it perfect in four hours, but uh, whatever you're doing, I need to pick up on it because... Uh... The vehicles I see, I ain't getting them done perfect in four hours. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into that next week because okay. we're, we, we, we're pretty heavy. No, that's a great question, though, Joe. Let's make sure to dive in. Please remember, bring like, bring that back next week. Let's let's dive into that next week, right? Like, let's do. There, there's no doubt that as we continue in our business, listen, Nick has said it. My partner, Nick, he said it. Social media isn't real. It, it really it doesn't give you that aspect. I'm so glad you guys brought that up. I I love watching the little brushes, right? Like, I love cleaning masks and doing this little thing. But, right? Yeah, yeah, Joe, right? Like, <laughs> but what really is it? Like, what is porn, right? Is porn real? If you take that, you know, 50 foot level and look at the porn industry, I mean, how much they have to actually create moments and it wasn't really real for them. But when we watch them, we feel real. We feel intimate into this. You know, what is that inside of detailing, detailing porn, that that brush stroke that's going incredibly small and creating all this foam and it looks amazing, like. MSR or something like that, I think is the is is ASMR. the actual. You say that again, Derek. Uh, ASMR. ASMR. Thank you very much. Like, it's a psychology reason of why we watch that. Like, it does do something for us, just the same as it does watching porn. Like, it it does something for us. Hmm. Interesting question, though. 
how much does it do for your business and for your bottom line? Absolutely incredible question. Great discussion, guys. Thanks so much. And Derek's got a tab out question of the night that we're going to encourage everybody to go over to the HyperClean Specialist Group where Derek's is going to post a video and we're going to recommend everybody go over there to leave comments on their answer for the tab out question. But Derek, let's hear that tab out question here on the episode. Uh, I was going to say one thing before we uh, do that. I was going to say the, uh, we're talking about, you know, detail porn. If that's the case, I was like, you know, everyone, the one lady gets stuck in the washing machine and, you know, you got to go save her. And somehow her pants come off. You know, that's usually, you know, like I said, porn's not real. So the detail in porn is not, not real. But so the tab out question. For, Man, where do you get your DVDs from? <laughs> tab out question for tonight. So we heard earlier of customer complaints. What's the worst thing you've ever texted a customer back? Oh my God! Can I go? This was today. No, no. no. Oh, I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna do, a, I'm gonna do a video. Um, yep. I'm gonna do a video like right. this, and I'll post it in the Facebook group, and you, you guys need to sit on there. But yeah. I'm excited for next week because I got. I'm happy you brought that up, Joe, because I got some, uh, got some stuff for next week. Awesome, great guys, great discussion. Uh, Nick, cooking with Nick. Everybody, go over to it's underscore grooms and check out what he made tonight. Always a pleasure, brother, seeing what you put out. It's it's beautiful. Thank ben, you. thanks so thanks yes. so much for hopping on, brother. I, I really appreciate it. Dave, great to see you and your son. I know you just you guys have been just chilling in your car, man. That's that's awesome, brother. <laughs> Listen, yeah. The pubs come and go, man. Like if, if, if anytime, you know, we just want you to hop on and, and say hi, but you know, hey man, we don't expect you to always just hang out in in your car, you know, especially your son wants to go grab a, a twisted tea. He can definitely <laughs> grab a twisted tea and hop on on his, uh, not inside a car. Lucas brother. Great always to a see pleasure. You guys. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. G Lucas. Great to see you, thank brother. You. And thank Dustin, uh, great discussion. Derek, good tab out question. We look forward to seeing the video guys. Thanks so much guys. Have a great night. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. This is Marshall, and I know about you and me. We find that tab out question to be, well, pretty interesting. Go to the HyperClean Specialist Group, because I know that you've texted some customers some interesting things. Listen, it's closed group. They won't see it. Go on there to Derek's video. Let us know what's the craziest thing that you've actually, actually texted another customer. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Hey, this is Marshall with HyperClean. Make it a great day.